This is a podcast about new crops. You're going to love it. Join us on The Cutting Edge, a podcast in search of new crops for Wisconsin. Welcome to The Cutting Edge, a podcast in search of new crops for Wisconsin. I'm Jason Fishbach, the agriculture agent, Ashland Bayfield County, and today's host. And uh, today we've got a um, special episode. We're actually gonna head out in the field with uh, Jerry Clark. And uh, Jerry, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, Jason, uh, Jerry Clark. I'm the Chippewa County agriculture agent uh, here with the Division of Extension with UW-Madison. Jerry obviously has been a host a number of times and also a guest before, I believe. On yeah, the yeah, I was see one of the guests on the um, wildlife plots, I believe that we did uh, talk right. about soils and soil testing and that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, well, Jerry, I think what we'll do, let's just head on out to the field and sure. uh, see you in action with you're working today on, I believe it's uh, hemp plots, right? Doing yeah. Hemp research. Yes, we uh, plant to uh, participate and plant uh, hemp industrial hemp basically uh, the grain and fiber research is what we do here at the Chippewa County Farm and we provide that um, it's a partnership with uh, the Department of Horticulture at the University of Wisconsin and work primarily with Dr. Shelby Ellison but uh, this project has been a couple years uh, going. This will be our third year of evaluating varieties as well as some of the uh, fertilizer uh, recommendations. So we're doing a little uh, fertilization study that goes along with it as well. Wait, so say again, the county has a farm? Yeah, we have government? a, yeah, Chippewa County, um, I think, well, probably decades or years ago, I think many counties had had farm or had farms or own land uh, where they, they did some uh, uh, farm, farming projects and things like that. Well, the Chippewa County still owns a small plot of land. It's probably about uh, 20, 25 acres in size. And we probably use uh, maybe 15 to 20 acres of that uh, for some research and demonstration projects. So it's uh, located just uh, on the Northeast end of Chippewa Falls. So it's uh, pretty convenient for me having my office here at the courthouse downtown Chippewa Falls. Uh, it's only about three miles away. So it's easy to get to. And we do many, over the years, we've done a number of different research and uh, demonstration projects with primarily the Department of Agronomy at UW-Madison, but also um, with any other department or specialist uh, uh, soils department that needs any kind of research done, um, applied research out in the field, uh, get away from the, the Madison influence and, and get out into the fields uh, around the state. So we've been able to use this county land um, in the, in the years that I've been here, it's no longer an active county farm, but since they still have the land, uh, Chippewa County uh, Ag and Extension Committee is still willing to let me uh, provide some uh, local research and continue to do these projects out at the county land. Oh, that's great. Uh, are there staff out there that help you or equipment, machinery, or how do you actually do the work? <laughs> Yeah, uh, the staff is primarily me, <laughs> unless we, unless we uh, pull in some funding for an intern. And uh, once in a while, we'll have some uh, uh, students, maybe from UW River Falls or the Chippewa Valley Technical College, 
that uh, just want some experience. Uh, it may even be just kind of a job shadowing type of thing. So we'll try to recruit um, uh, some students that want some in the field experience on research. And uh, maybe it's a new, like, like when industrial hemp came out, uh, there was a lot of interest uh, just from industry and locally from, from residents uh, and, and farmers interested in growing it and what it was all about. So it was a, it was a nice opportunity to, to be able to uh, use that county land and provide that. So no, there is no staff other than me unless I uh, get creative and, and find some funding or we're able to, to land a student to help for the summer. And um, as far as equipment, it's primarily, uh, there's a neighboring farm that's actually two farms that have helped over the years that are more than willing to come over and do the tillage for us. You know, those major things. Uh, we do partner quite often with Carl Dooley out of Buffalo County. He has a small grain drill uh, plot planner type of size equipment. And we also borrow some equipment from uh, the local John Deere dealership with Tractor Central out of Chippewa Falls. And they've been very supportive of our work. They, they find it very interesting to uh, get local data. And they really find it valuable to be partnering you know, with the University of Wisconsin on, on many of these projects. Wow, that sounds, that sounds uh, I'm jealous. I wish I had that. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's very it's very handy, and we, you know, we've been able to generate a lot of uh, local data uh, from that, and uh, at least, and even, and, and maybe it's not so much a hardcore research project as even doing demonstrations. So, if a sure. farmer's kind of, you know, I don't know if I want to put this on my farm, uh, we're willing to sacrifice five acres or whatever. Let's see if this works, and I think that's our job at, as extension agents, Jason, is to we make the mistakes so the farmer doesn't. You know, that's right. kind of, I think, what uh, uh, what we're all about. And if we collect data and there's some valuable products that come out of that, I think that's all for the better. But I think if we can do some innovative things and say, yeah, this works or uh, no, don't do that. <laughs> that's part of learning, I think, for farmers as well. You make the mistake and we'll learn from you. Yeah, yeah. So we're going we're gonna to do the uh, hemp trial today. But what else do you have? What other research projects right now? Yeah, currently we have, uh, we've always done some small grain research out there. And so that's where we've done um, uh, some research with malting barley, uh, spring malting barley. We even have some winter wheat, uh, winter barley uh, plots out there as well. Uh, don't have as much success with that overwintering as, as we'd like, but we've also looked at some of the winter wheat and spring wheat uh, varieties and and also do not just looking at varieties, but also uh, nutrient uh, applications, especially nitrogen management. Uh, we've got a big emphasis here in Chippewa County on groundwater quality and, and nitrates in the groundwater. So we're always trying to evaluate uh, nitrogen and fertility applications on our crops here, uh, rather than just take you know the, uh, the university recommendations that might've been driven more by um, uh, the Arlington Research Station, which is three hours away, that this provides maybe that little bit more local touch of here's what's happening in, in Chippewa County. So uh, the, the small grain uh, projects have been, been going on for a while. Now that we've got a new farm partner on board, we may be getting back into maybe the alfalfa and, and hay crop uh, research here uh, in the next year or two. Great. So those so, are kind of primarily what we've been, uh, been up got to. It. I know uh, Carl's out there waiting for us here, but maybe one last question. You mentioned a little bit about the kind of farms that are in your area and, and this work is, I assume, kind of targeted to their interests and what they're wanting to do. So just for those that aren't in that part of the state, what kind of farming is in Chippewa County and surrounding areas? 
Yeah, Chippewa County is still um, primarily a dairy county, um, but it has shifted towards uh, more of a grain, uh, the grain, uh, cash grain market related to uh, corn and soybeans. And they're always looking for an additional crop to add into that, those rotations. And that's where we started the research with the malting barley projects that we've been doing for, for several years now. I think the first year we started was 2012 and we've just continued every year since um, you know, evaluating varieties and, and uh, management practices. So it's primarily uh, those types of systems that we're trying to evaluate. And then of course, when industrial hemp came along, is this a, pro uh, a crop that we can introduce into a system? Is there, you know, with the cover crops, we've investigated those types of rotations and, and different species uh, as part of the county farm projects as well and some of our, our local research and demonstration. So it's um, it's transitioned from dairy to more cash grain, but um, still we've got about a 200 dairy farms still in Chippewa County. Oh. Well, this is certainly a gorgeous day today. Uh, good day to do a seeding trial, see the tractors all set up, the plot seeders all set. And uh, there's Carl, Carl Dooley sometimes host and guest on the podcast so these two will be working their magic and uh, I'll just sit back and watch for a bit. Well we're working on our hemp plot today here trying to uh, get our dual purpose industrial hemp plot planted and we're working on uh, this research project as part of a collaboration with the University of Wisconsin-Madison uh, Horticulture Department, Dr. Shelby Ellison. We are re researching our uh, dual purpose uh, industrial hemp varieties that will uh, hopefully give us some information on the different uh, types of varieties and uh, we're also going to look at some nitrogen, uh, uh, fertile, uh, excuse me, nitrogen and phosphorus uh, applications as well in terms of fertility requirements. So we're here in Chippewa County just trying to uh, uh, get this planted on some county farmland that we have and uh, I guess this is kind of new to me to kind of do a podcast and drive a tractor at the same time. Luckily this tractor has cruise control so I appreciate the uh, time that uh, Tractor Central out of Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin has provided us this nice tractor to, to provide uh, our ability to get this planted. So I'm going to have to make the turn here. So I'm going to stop for a minute. And we got to help my counterpart uh, raise him up on the back end of the tractor here. It's a little three-point uh, drill that uh, my colleague Carl Dooley has uh, out of Buffalo County. And uh, we plant several different plots with uh, this tractor and drill that we use for a lot of our research projects out here in the county that are more applied research that we do, um, not so much uh, the basic research that's done on the campus. Somebody has to do the real research out here in the field and that's kind of what we're doing to see what farmers and applicators uh, and growers out here in the in the county need. So we typically uh, plant these, uh, get different varieties from around the country and around the world that we plant. and are able to um, evaluate, like I said, varieties and uh, some of the different agronomic traits or different agronomic uh, practices related to fertility and, and some of the, those types of things. It's very dry here this, this time of year. We're about five inches under uh, normal for precipitation, so this is a sandy 
sandy uh, uh, loam soil. It's a sand lake soil that we plant into, and uh, it's easy to work and uh, very easy to to farm as long as it rains. And of course, uh, with the dry weather we've had, uh, we're hoping that uh, we get a little shower here this week, and this industrial hemp will continue to grow. Uh, had some help this this uh, month, the last uh, few weeks here with some, several of our projects with. Maggie Kiku helping us every once in a while, as well as uh, Cora out of Buffalo County. So I'm back at the end of my uh, one run here, so I've got to make another turn here without knocking Carl off the back of his uh, cedar. And we're just trying to uh, continue to get, got a couple more rounds to make here. And then we'll be able to move on to our fertility trial that we're going to be doing and get that planted. Seeding this at about a 30 pound per acre rate, uh, we'll come back through and put some nitrogen and uh, phosphate on uh, this plot as far as, or we'll probably shoot for somewhere around that, uh, I suppose around uh, 100 pounds to the acre. We've done some research here in the last couple of years actually at this location that has shown, oh, some of that uh, uh, nitrogen application somewhere between 60 and 120 pounds per acre uh, provides uh, an adequate uh, uh, production for industrial hemp, so we'll be doing that. And we haven't had a lot of insect issues out here as well, so we've kind of tried to uh, avoid any type of the pest management uh, things in terms of insects and uh, for weed control. Uh, this has primarily been a tillage uh, uh, prep type of uh, weed control. Uh, in the past we have used uh, like a glyphosate product as a burn down treatment just to try to get rid of some of those perennial weeds before we uh, till out here but we've had a pretty clean uh, field out here and uh, planted uh, planting this field and specifically back into um, what was stubble uh, corn silage last year. So very little residue so we uh, think we'll have be able to have a a pretty good uh, stand here if we can get some rain. So once again, trying to, uh, uh, you know, like any other farm or any other farmer, uh, takes uh, one part sunshine, two parts rain, and three parts water, or three parts prayer in order for it to, to grow anything. So that's kind of what we're hoping to do here is get this, uh, this planted and hopefully uh, have a, a, a production, a good productive year if we can, again, get some rainfall. Okay, we'll head back inside here and ask uh, Jerry a few more questions. Well, I must say that went pretty well. You and Carl are good at this, uh, done this a lot. But um, my question, it's dry. Is this stuff going to grow? <laughs> yeah, well, that's our, uh, out here in the field, that's where it's, um, um, you hope, right? You, um, I think that's the optimism of a farmer. And I think you and I are no different uh, when we do our research plots, as you hope you get rain and it's a good growing season. So uh, hopefully we can get it to grow. I think uh, with the forecast, uh, we should be able to pick up some rain, but uh, a lot of it has been missing Chippewa County lately. So it is Tell very dry. Yeah, yeah, this county farmland is is a sandy loam. It's a Scott Lake sandy loam. So it doesn't hold water real well. Um, so we could get a, an inch or two a, a week and, and not be too wet. So um, I'm hoping right. that we can get this industrial hemp to grow after we get it planted here. All right. Well, let's um, let's go into the details here of, of what what you guys just did today. Um, so first, uh, it was a hemp variety trial. If I've got that right. 
So what, what varieties are you looking at and where are they coming from? Where do, where do farmers go to get hemp seed right now? Yeah, the, um, with our project here with our, and this is a multi-state, uh, it's called the multi-state uh, dual purpose trial. So these are varieties of hemp that are driven, uh, uh, developed uh, for the dual purpose of fiber and grain production. Uh, we are not in this, this, this project is not related to the essential oil uh, the CBD and any of the uh, that that extraction uh, varieties for that ex uh, and production practices for for essential oils. This is specifically for seed and um, and fiber. So we're investigating uh, uh, 20 different varieties. Actually, 19 of them. Uh, Dr. Ellison has put together 19 different varieties, and and to to round out the the block, uh, she's she's found um, a. Uh, a, a wild variety or what do they call it a feral variety <laughs> that's yeah, right. out there so she wants to see how that performs amongst these others um, and that that feral variety or feral hemp is not feral. necessarily that feral right because it may be a carryover of when hemp was grown widely in wisconsin earlier in the century or is this is no there no you, yeah you're absolutely wild? yeah you're absolutely right jason this is most likely one that was you know it was a could have been a top variety uh, 50, 60, 70 years ago, whenever we were uh, a big hemp producer here in Wisconsin, but she's been able to um, round up a, a variety that, and she's got it in this trial to see how it compares with, with the others. And it'll be very interesting to see how, how this produces once we get it, get it planted here. Yeah, cool. All right, so go through that variety list if you can. Yeah, so um, the varieties that, uh, a number of different seed companies involved, um, that that uh, are part of this uh, one is called Uniseeds. Um, that's a, a seed source, and we have Altair and Anca are part of that uh, from that line. Uh, we've also got um, International Hemp has provided a couple of different varieties. Uh, one that and I can never pronounce this one. Um, Bielobobreski. Uh, I don't know if I can <laughs> say that. Bielobobreski or something on that that point. Uh, but if you see a name similar to what I've just tried to butcher, uh, that's from International Hemp. And then we also have um, Henola is another one that's out there that, uh, from that company. And then um, Hemp Genetics International is another uh, company that um, is out there. And that's a pretty common one. The last two years where we've worked with uh, uh, UW-Madison graduate student, uh, we've uh, CFX1, CFX2, these are a couple of varieties that are, are being developed, but we've been able to use them the last, uh, the last two years in our trial. So it'll be interesting to see how they compare with, uh, uh, you know, the, the 18 other varieties that we have out there. And then the last one that Hemp Genetics International has is Grandy. Um, so uh, these are, um, you know, the germinations have been very good on, on most of these and it'll be interesting to see how they produce uh, down the road. But um, we've got uh, Roar Seed. Um, again, that's another one that, uh, oh, there's one, yeah. Uh, Roar Seed is, uh, there's H51 that we'll be evaluating as well as um, uh, Lesia and uh, Liana. Those are two uh, varieties from the Roar Seed company. And then we have uh, uh, Omni Trade Company has provided two different uh or excuse me, one different variety, uh, one variety called Lara. And uh, that's one that uh, some others have uh, been, a been able to, uh, uh, is, is quite popular, I think. Uh, one thing for that variety was uh, it's, it's uh, reported 
THC levels are usually below detection. So it's very minimal uh, where usually you'll pick up maybe 0.2% uh, or something like that. That's a, 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 on a, uh, for THC in some of these varieties where uh, Lara actually in the past has been below the detection level. So one that's and, uh, very And 0.3 is what's allowable, right? Yes, below, correct, 0 0.3. 0 .3. Okay. And when they mean 0.3, you can go up to 0.39. So even 0.39, they don't round up. They just kind of you know, go back to 0.3 uh, from, from that certification stand or uh, the saleability uh, part of it. And then New West Genetics has four varieties in here. These are just a number of numbered varieties. There's no name to them, just uh, four different varieties from New West Genetics. And then the last two are Uniseeds. Um, there's a variety called Vega. And then um, uh, IND Hemp is X59. And that's another one that's pretty popular uh, that for folks that have been trying to grow uh, dual purpose type varieties, or at least uh, a variety for hemp and fiber. And we've evaluated X59. The last two years, they've been part of our uh, variety and uh, nitrogen trial uh, seeding rate study that we've done in the past. Got it. Um, okay. So most of those are imported, right? There are no yes, hemp breeding right. programs in the U.S. yet? Or is that not, that, not that I'm aware of. Um, that's uh, where I think uh, Kentucky has started kind of going down that path. Um, I think there's some breeding being done uh, uh, through the University of Kentucky. But um, as far as I know, most of these are being imported and then handled through a, a seed source. Got it. Okay. So walk us through now the... Uh, what are you guys going to do the rest of the year, assuming everything goes well? So it's going to germinate when? In a week? So we're, we're hoping to see this gener uh, germinate here in, um, in hopefully five to seven days. Uh, we're planning to get some forecast for rain on Sunday to take care of this drought condition. So hopefully that happens. Um, it's a fast germinating uh, species. And so that's one that uh, it is a warm season crop. And that's why we plant uh, as late as, as we did. So that's where we're looking at um, uh, mid-June usually as a, as a targeted planting date. And with these warmer soils, these last uh, couple of weeks with these 90 degree temperatures, we're hoping this jumps out of the ground within five to seven days. Okay. So what we'll do then is uh, uh, do some stand counts as the crop gets, gets taller. And then uh, we also start to record stem diameter, uh, plant height, at different times during the growing season. And then we'll also look at uh, when the male flowers come out and when female flowers, uh, flowering time. And so there's a lot of data that we're gonna collect over the next uh, couple of months here uh, as we go through, and it's a quick growing crop. So we're probably gonna be out there uh, at least once a week, uh, probably more, uh, at least monitoring and then uh, specific dates, we will take several of these readings. Uh, and then what about harvest time? So harvest time, what we will plan to do is take, uh, you usually take about a square meter and harvest uh, the whole plant so we can get a total biomass. And then also the seed, uh, we'll, we'll uh, uh, transfer that down to uh, UW-Madison and have that uh, uh, so-called thrashed or combined, uh, it gets the seed out and then take those readings on, on yield of seed as well as total biomass. Uh, we've also worked with uh, Dr. Brian Luck at the uh, UW-Madison Biological Systems Engineering Department uh, with a decorticator. And so that's where we will we'll let some of this hemp uh, dry in the field. Uh, they call it redding. 
and then we will uh, run some of this uh, through that decorticator just for demonstration purposes. But then hopefully down the road, we can, uh, you know, this project can morph into more of an economic development type of program where, okay, what can we do with this fiber? What kind of products um, we have uh, a raw seeds, seed, or seed stock or a raw stock uh, set of material now in terms of whether we bail this up or how we package some of this, but at least have some samples that perhaps some companies that are interested in developing um, some of this hemp into uh, some products. And, and for instance, uh, we have a, a number of different hemp trials going on around the state, but the one that we're connected with in Monroe County with the Ho-Chunk Nation, uh, the Ho-Chunk Nation's kind of interested in what can they do from an, uh, manufacturing uh, hemp into a product such as maybe um, get rid of plastic silverware. Can we, can we use eating utensils out of hemp? develop that where it's biodegradable rather than throwing it away and having it go into a landfill. So some of these innovative ideas like that is probably that next step after we get done with harvest is, okay, what can we do with this and really focus? We know how to grow it now, or we've got the data from the agronomic side of it. Now let's, what can we do with it from a, from a product and economic development side of things? Two questions about kind of related to that. So you're, you have to have this tested, right? And so each of those 20 varieties, does that have to be tested individually by DATCAP? Yes, yes. So that's where a lot of the expense comes in in these research projects is the testing. And so uh, it's in one field, but the fact we have 20 different varieties, each one of those has to be tested. Uh, we do not have to test each individual block. And again, um, as you know, Jason, with research, we do a small block replicated design type of, uh, so there's four blocks of each each one of these out in our field. And so there's 80 blocks that uh, we need to harvest. And we do not have to test all 80 blocks, but we have to test every variety. It could be a real hurdle for farmers that wanted to do their own variety trials, right? Which is what makes your trial that much more important. Huh? Correct. Yes. The way the rules are now, each variety needed, needs to be tested. So um, if you were just to plant two different varieties, you can't just test test them one as a composite, you have to have two different tests. Yeah. Uh, so so the, other, the other question, you got male and female plants in hemp. And if you're doing dual purpose, then obviously you need the pollen to make the grain. Um, but doesn't the males die way earlier than the females, right? And so do you end Correct. up with different fiber conditions laying out in the field at harvest time, where the yeah. males are way farther along in decomposition than the females? Yes, correct. Yeah, what you'll see is typically those um, male plants tend to have a slender, a more slender stalk to them or stem. And then the female plants are a little more robust from that standpoint. But yeah, you're absolutely correct, Jason. Uh, that male plant will die as soon as pollination um, occurs or the, uh, the pollen is released. And then uh, as the seed gets set with that female plant, that's where the dual purpose comes in. Uh, part of it. But yeah, we'll end up with uh, a, a different uh, mix of maturity of stems uh, at the end because those male plants will have dried in the field a little bit longer than you would for the female plants. Got it. In the CBD world, you can buy feminized seed, but is it too expensive to do that in dual purpose grain and fiber where you could have, let's say, you know, a block of three rows of males and a block of three rows of females and you'd still get the pollination, but you'd have those fiber components separate or is that just it's not big of an issue to, to worry about that or 
Yeah, that's, um, yeah, I don't know that that's that big of an issue. I think uh, maybe as we go down the path, uh, you know, with a seed source, is it going to have, you know, is it 90% feminized seed and, and one, uh, per, you know, 10% males out there? Um, so yeah, I think from that standpoint, there could be some management more from the breeding side of it or as seed is sold, maybe that can be adjusted. But um, right now, I think you're going to, the, the opportunity to, um, on the seed, uh, excuse me, the dual purpose side of it, I think is to, uh, you know, you're going to get what you get. I don't know that we can um, really, uh, unless you can identify, go out there and identify those male plants and, and pull them out or, you know, manage it that way. But um, right now, I think it's a little more difficult from a dual purpose side of things to narrow it down to male or female. Okay. All right. So you're going to run us, you're going to have data by the end of the year. Uh, what happens to that data? How do growers get access to it? Where do you publish it? Yeah. So with, uh, with our hemp trial, uh, that information, uh, most of our data is sent to, to uh, UW-Madison with Dr. Shelby Ellison and her crew. Uh, they, they do all this uh, statistics and analysis and that kind of things. And those kind of things, uh, the data gets published, uh, we try to get that out before the next growing season. Typically, we'll try to get that out over the winter months. Um, there's the Wisconsin Hemp uh, website that the University of Wisconsin uh, Madison Extension. Uh, uh, I'm, I help as the website keep keep it up to date as best I can. But that data is available. Um, each year we put out um, those results, uh, typically available on the website. But any county. Uh, extension office would have access to that and we try to uh, if growers are interested in that uh, website you can actually subscribe so when something new is posted you get a, uh, a notification and also on that website is if you're interested um, if you have product to either buy or sell or process uh, there is a, a, a directory there where you can enter your information and and have that in, uh, in the database so if someone is searching a certain part of the state or the country for uh, product or to sell, uh, you can be on that database and, and you can set up your own network uh, and find buyers and sellers uh, right there on the website. Okay. Are you going to have a field day? Yes, we're looking at, uh, still tentative yet, but looking at August 3rd as some type of uh, day where most of our malting barley varieties uh, pro or, um, research projects will be ready as well as our, our hemp research uh, should be Fields looking pretty good at that point and uh, have something for people to see. So we, we are looking at an August 3rd date uh, once we get more details figured out. You know, I forgot to ask, uh, when do you estimate you'll be harvesting these hemp plots and do, will it spread out over a window given the different varieties or? Yeah, most likely um, in the past because this was driven by a grad graduate student project. Um, that crew came up for one day since they had a three hour trip from Madison. So they did harvest it all at one time, each of the varieties. Uh, we're probably take a more strategic approach and harvest it as needed uh, going through the, as, as they mature, but probably looking at mid-September as a start date, as maybe some of these earlier varieties. Um, so that's what we'll try to pay attention to as best we can um, when each of these varieties uh, hits that optimum harvest time. Got it. So it's fairly late. What happens if we get a hard freeze in early September or a hard frost? Is that a problem? Yeah, well, that that's uh, probably going to set, I think, the um, 
from a from a seed standpoint, that would yield and seed would probably be the the most detrimental. I think from a fiber standpoint, most of that should have been developed. Might be a little green, so there might be a little biomass uh, reduction. But I think for the most part, uh, it, it, if there was an earlier uh, harvest or an earlier frost affecting harvest, it's going to affect the seed yield more than anything. Got it. Um, should we go back out and help Carl clean up or just let yeah. him finish up? <laughs> Carl knows what he's doing. He'll get it all loaded. So yeah, good. All right. Well, congratulations on a good trial uh, planting and uh, yeah. anxious to see the results. Maybe we'll check in again. Yeah, that uh, later sounds in good. The summer, yeah. Come out in the field and uh, this summer and we'll provide another report. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. Uh, this has been the cutting edge, a podcast in search of new crops for Wisconsin. Brought to you by the University of Wisconsin-Madison Division of Extension.